help someone grow and flourish uh, as a Christian person. And as we begin to think about that, we need to see what Paul says is right at the heart of his job as a father. And you see that in verse 16 of the passage we have in front of us. He says, this is, this is what he's urging his children to do. I urge you to imitate me. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I reckon as a father, that's a pretty hard thing to say. You've got to be pretty sure of yourself, pretty confident that you've got things together to be able to say, just, here's what you need to do, just copy me. Whatever I do, just, just do that and uh, life will go well for you. You have to be pretty impressive uh, to be able to say that. And yet, here's the thing. Actually, you don't have to be fairly impressive. And that's an enormous encouragement for me and I'm sure all the other fathers here to know you don't have to be perfect. In fact, Paul, who said those words, imitate me, says these words in another part of the Bible, I am the worst of sinners. You put those two together, imitate me, the worst of sinners. And so that's the sort of person who can be a spiritual father. And if you're here for the first time this morning, if you've come along for Father's Day or you're just visiting, let me say... If you're wondering what you've stumbled in on this morning, you've stumbled in on a community of sinners, a community of people in desperate need of God's grace. That's who we are. And so it's worth knowing uh, that that's where you are this morning. So with that in mind, let's think just for a few minutes what it actually takes to be a spiritual father, knowing we're not perfect, knowing we fail all the time. What are the things that we want to be aiming for? And I reckon you can see four things in this passage of being a spiritual father is all about. And the first is, being a spiritual father is all about having a calling. Uh, Knowing that the role you have, either as a father of your own children or helping out with youth group or kids church, God has called you to that job. You you haven't just stumbled into it. This is what uh, Paul says of himself in verse 15 of uh, 1 Corinthians 4. He says, Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. You see, as far as Paul is concerned, he knows he was the one who was there right at the start of Christian life for the Corinthian church. He was there when they discovered Jesus, when they discovered what he'd done on the cross for them. And he was there in the years that followed, the couple of years that followed when they were starting to find their feet as Christians. He says, I'm your spiritual father. And so let me say, if you are a physical father here this morning, if you have children of your own, I think it's easy to forget that we've been given that job by God. Uh, We haven't stumbled into it. Uh, The selection process wasn't actually that rigorous, but God has actually asked you to do this job. And I was thinking about that this morning as as we uh, saw Evie baptised. The very first question that was asked of parents, I think, shows us the job that we have as fathers. It said this, if you remember it on our sheets. It said, children depend chiefly on you for the help and encouragement they need. Are you willing to give it to them by your prayers, by your example and by your teaching? And so if you are a physical father here this morning, you have that job uh, because God has given it to you. It's an amazing job. But even if you're not actually a father of your own children, if you have a role with youth group or or whatever it might be, realise that God has gifted you and equipped you for that role as well. And there is no greater role that you could have than seeing someone grow and thrive in knowledge and love of Jesus. So that's the first thing you need to know if you're going to be a spiritual father. You need to know you've been called to it. And the second thing is you need to know you have to have a heart for your children. Have a look at verse 14. Uh, Paul says, I'm not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as dearly loved children. You know, Paul says some really hard things to his children in Corinth in this letter, some very hard things things that he feels he needs to say to them if they're going to stay on track as Christians. 
He knows being a father is often hard work, but he knows that what motivates it, what drives him, is his love for his children. And so if you are a spiritual father, a father of your own children or whatever it might be, know that step one for you is not some plan. Step one is love. Uh, Your children need to know that everything you do in your leading of them is motivated by your love for them. So we're starting to see the picture of what a spiritual father is. You need to have a calling, you need to have a heart for your children and thirdly, you need to get a life uh, really to be a father. Have a look at verse 17. Paul says, For this reason I am sending to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. You see, to be a spiritual father, you need to have a life that says what you say with your mouth. You need to be able to walk the talk. Whatever you say, whatever you say you believe about God and what you believe about what Jesus has done, it needs to be seen in the way you live. Now, there's no use teaching the truth about Jesus and then having a life that denies that truth. That's what Paul is saying here. As far as he's concerned, his life and his message sound the same. And so I reckon as spiritual fathers, we need to realise how powerful our example is for our children, how much they are shaped by who we are. I was thinking about that this week and one of the things that's developed with Evie, our youngest, is that whenever she's focusing on something, whenever she's trying to really concentrate on a task, her tongue shoots out the side of her mouth like that for some reason and says, I'm really focused on that. And that's actually what I do. She's adopted this uh, trait from me, sadly. Of all the things she could have picked up, she's picked up the... (laughs) You need to realise the power of our example. Uh, Our children will imitate the way we relate to others, the way we relate to our wives, the way uh, we... uh, how seriously we take the Bible. They won't take it any more seriously than we do. Uh, They'll adopt our priorities. Uh, They'll watch the way uh, we treat other people. You see, the key for children is to be in the presence of adults who take living God's way seriously. And that's what Paul is saying. His life is the same as his message. And and he's not saying uh, just live a moral life. Live a life where you're always doing good things. He says you need to live a life that shows that the way you live is shaped by the gospel you believe in. Uh, That you're not better than them. It's not like you've got things sorted out. You know you are reliant on grace and that's what you're shaped by. And I think the more we live a life that, like that, rather than being self-righteous in front of our children or, or better than them, but people who are in, in need of grace just like them, the more we'll live a life that they should imitate. And the fourth and final thing I think being a spiritual father is, uh, as far as this passage is concerned, is not only a calling, not only a heart, not only a life, but a message. And let me ask you, what do your children hear most from you? What, what's the big theme of your home. If you were to ask your children, what does, uh, my, what does your dad always talk about? Now, what's it going to be? Is it going to be work or the house or perhaps their school or, or football? What's the big theme of your home? Well, as far as Paul was concerned, as a, as a father of the Corinthian Christians, he said, I've, I've got one big theme. I keep going on about it like a broken record. He said it back in 1 Corinthians 2 2. He says, This is the big theme of my house Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Let me say, if you're a spiritual father, that is the theme of your house as well. And I think that the more that our lives uh, and our homes are shaped by that message, the more we are living lives that our children can imitate. 
Now, let me say that uh, I think one of the dangers we can make as fathers is to think that our, our children, if they're Christians, don't need to hear that gospel anymore. They've moved on. But what Paul is saying is every day of our lives we need to hear that message. If you are here this morning, it is a message, and you're an unbeliever, it is a message for you. Uh, there is no greater message you can hear than the news that there is a God who's created life and breath and everything else, even you. There's no greater message you can hear than, than we live as if he's not there. Uh, we live as if we're in charge and that has consequences, that he judges us and that's why death has come into this world. But there's no news you need to hear more than God loves this world so much that he sent his son to die your death uh, so that you could walk away free. There's no greater news you could hear than that God rose from the dead so that you could have hope forever. And there is no bigger choice that any of us face than choosing to accept that gift or to go our own in life. And so if you're here as an unbeliever, that is the message you need to hear more than anything. But it is a message we all need to hear wherever we are in the Christian walk. That we stand before God, not on our own terms, not because of what we have done, but blameless and sure of heaven because of Jesus you know, there's a saying that, uh, that's gone around in Christian circles for, uh, for many years which goes like this, preach Christ and if necessary, use words. And essentially what's behind it is that the way we communicate the gospel is just we live it. It's just demonstrated by the way we live and we've seen that that's really important in this passage but what Paul is saying to us is actually that's rubbish. If we don't have a message that goes with our life then what we're saying to our children is like we're playing a game of charades where they've got to guess what's in our head. Uh, guess what motivates us and drives us? Paul says you've got to have a message. You've got to talk the walk as well. Now, one of the great joys I've had uh, in growing up, just before we finish, is, is to say that uh, my father is a spiritual father. Uh, he's a man who knows and loves Jesus. And that's been a great joy. But one of the most enduring images I have of growing up as a tiny little weedy little boy is going to the beach with him at the Churros Head uh, down on the south coast uh, amazing beach and there I was this tiny little boy in these huge waves uh, but what had happened is I started to make my way out and I get to the point where I think I'm out of my depth here and he'd pick me up and lift me over these waves and we go deeper and deeper into it. But let me say as a spiritual father what your children and my children need more than anything else is to see a giant of God's grace. See someone who is utterly confident in what God has done Utterly confident that they stand blameless before him because of that and confident of heaven. They need to see a giant of God's grace so that they can share that confidence with you. As we finish, let me, let me say, I think when Paul's uh, church in Corinth, this, this Corinthian church, opened this letter and they got to verse 16 of chapter 4 and they read these words, imitate me, what, what do you think was going through their mind? I think they were thinking of Paul's love for them. I think they were thinking of the life he lived that was shaped by the gospel and his constant message. Now let me challenge you, if you are a spiritual father in whatever context, if your children were called to imitate you, what would they be thinking of? Uh, what would they copy? Now in just a moment we'll uh, sing together our final hymn, uh, but it seems appropriate while today is Father's Day and while we've been focusing on what it means to be a spiritual father to look uh, briefly at the flip side of that, spiritual children. And I just uh, want to, just for a couple of minutes, uh, leave uh, those, which is really all of us, who are spiritual children, uh, with some instructions from Paul that I think are here. And let me just clarify who I mean when I talk about spiritual children. I'm talking about those who are still under their parents' roof. I'm talking about those who are young people who might be under the care of a leader, a youth leader, 
uh, in kids' church or wherever it might be, and then any of us uh, who have somebody teaching us the word of God uh, so that we might grow. And I think there are three things uh, that we can pick up and really they are the flip side of the instructions to spiritual fathers. The first of them is if you are a spiritual child, you need to have your listening ears on. Uh, You need to be listening Uh, Let me just quote uh, Hebrews 13 verse 7 which was read for us uh, just before. It says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. If you are a a spiritual father, if your spiritual father is being faithful to their task, their message is going to be full of the gospel of Jesus and him crucified. And if that's who your father is, your youth leader or whoever it might be, your job is to listen uh, because that message leads to salvation. That message leads to life to the full. So listen. Uh, Listen to that gospel because it's going to give you the knowledge that you need most in this world and that is of God and of his love for you. So that's the first job, listen. The second is you need to be watching them. Uh, Again, Hebrews 13 verse 7, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Watch what happens when somebody trusts the gospel fully. Watch the life that comes from that. Don't just listen to them, watch and see. Watch how they use their time Uh, Watch how they make decisions and the decisions they make. Uh, Watch how they relate to others. All of these things should be shaped by the gospel. Now, One of the great uh, joys I had uh, growing up uh, was being part of a youth group for for some six years meeting in a small group Bible study with a guy who, like all of us, had uh, failings, was a sinner uh, like I am, like you are, but was a man who had put his trust fully in God. And watching and listening as a group over those years uh, had an amazing effect I think some three quarters of that group are in some sort of full-time ministry and most of the others are serving faithfully in other ways as well. That's what happens when you watch and listen to somebody faithfully living and speaking the gospel. And so watch your dads. Uh, Watch those over you in the Lord. Listen to them and consider the outcome of their way of life. And finally, and I think perhaps most importantly for spiritual children, obey them. Submit to their leadership. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says this, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work may be a joy, not a burden. All throughout this letter uh, to the Corinthians, uh, the big problem the Corinthians had is pride. Too proud to listen to Paul's simple message. The absolute worst thing you could do as a spiritual child is to be too proud to listen to your father, uh, to think you know better. Uh, to think they don't know what you need or to think you are the finished product with nothing to learn. And so humble yourself. Humble yourself by submitting to their leadership. And you see the two reasons in this verse. Firstly, because they're responsible for your soul. They're going to have to give an account for your soul. And it occurred to me, uh, as as, uh, Evie was baptised, absolutely nothing was happening to Evie. It's just normal water, but something very big was happening to myself and to Liz and to Graham and Sarah especially. Uh, We were making big promises before God. Promises will be held accountable for. And so trust those who have made promises that big for you. And finally, make their job a joy. Make it easy to be uh, your father. And the absolute greatest joy a spiritual father could have is to see children who watch and listen and follow them as you follow Christ. So Paul's had a simple instruction for us this morning, imitate me, he says. And so if you're a spiritual father, be someone worth imitating and that's what we've seen that this morning. And if you're a spiritual child, be humble enough to follow your spiritual fathers. Let's pray.